I'm ready for something awesome tonight. Let me say, I'm ready for something amazing tonight. God wants to come and move in this place. I want to stir your hearts. Don't switch off. Go, oh, she's just that girl from Australia. I want you to tune into what God wants to do because he wants to do something amazing. Would you just raise your hands in this place just for a moment? Holy Spirit, come and move. Holy Spirit, bring it touch. Holy Spirit, speak life, speak destiny, speak purpose right now. In your mighty name, we declare it. Come and meet your people one more time. Come and bring your encounter one more time. We thank you for what you're going to do in this place. And we give you all the glory. Amen. Amen. I want to pray. I know you're doing telling people what to do. <laughs> I get how that works. Do, are you a student? Do you work? Are you looking for a job? No? I just feel God's going to bring something your way. All right? So have an expectation that there's going to be a job coming your way with the right income that you need to do what you need to do. All right? But this is the thing. You need to expect it. Not go, I can't. It's hard. It's impossible. It just seems like what... No, have an expectation. God, I'm looking to you to be my source of all provision. I really believe he wants... This is the word. He wants to bless you. Not just let you survive. And sometimes it feels like you're just in survival mode. God says, no, let's, let's believe for some blessing, all right? Above and beyond. Not I just get by week to week, but absolute blessing in your life. So get ready for blessing, all right? Lord, I declare blessing right now. Your favour, no longer maintaining, but stepping into the overflow that God has got for you. Amen. Amen. Take your seats. We might just go for it tonight and see what happens. Shall we do that? I feel like I'm in my church a little bit. So that's a dangerous thing, isn't it? No, it's awesome. I love Sunday nights too, Jordan. I just think, no, God moves on Sunday. He moves all the time, let's be honest. Hey, it's been so good to be here. And uh, thanks, Jordan and Chrissy and uh, getting to know Rachel as well. And the team, you guys have been amazing. I've been looked after so well. Tomorrow I go home and have to cook my own meals. Bit of a downer. But hey, I've really enjoyed it, having the bed to myself. This has just been awesome. Everyone's going, has it been really hard? I go, are you joking? I am not cooking. I am not cleaning. I am not driving people to school. No, it's all good. But I need to go home tomorrow. So awesome. We're going to read some scripture. My friend Maddie is going to help me out right now. And uh, I want to read, it's a bit of a chunk of scripture we're going to follow on the screen. And I loved uh, when Jordan, you just shared a bit about grace. I really feel we're going to flow on tonight for that, the word God's given me. So let's pop up Acts chapter 3. Okay, let's do this. I'll read it. Don't read with me. That'll be weird, all right? Okay, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Get up and walk. 
Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. And all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they'd seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity. I love that. Peter saw his opportunity. Wow. And addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors who have brought glory to his servant. Jesus, by doing this, this is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. Maybe you can jump ahead. We'll miss this. We'll just jump on to, let's go to Acts 4 verses 1. Is that all right? Otherwise, there's a lot of passage. We're kind of getting the picture here. Acts chapter 4 verse 1. Sorry. The truth is, this is really embarrassing. Maddie's doing a great job. I forgot my Bible. I'm just going to say it, all right? Okay. (laughs) While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. And these leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is resurrection of the dead. They arrested them and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it, so the number of believers was now totaled about 5,000 men, not counting women and children. That's a good day in church, let me just tell you right now. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you build is rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which man must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who'd been with Jesus. You got to get this picture. Here they are, a beggar, healed, which actually led to the birth of the church, seeing souls saved. You know, they were brought before the courts, basically, and had to give an account for what had happened. I love this. And, you know, it's funny, a few years ago, um, I was just online doing some stuff, and in the news page online, it just came up with this little thing, the average Australian woman. And it was talking about an article all about the average Australian woman. Now, this is quite a few years ago, but now. But as I was reading it, I was quite intrigued because it popped up with the statistics of the average Australian woman. The first one was the average Australian woman was 37 years of age. 
Like I said, it was a few years ago. But anyway, at the time, I was 37 years of age. It then went on to say that the average Australian woman was 160 centimetres. I'm 160 centimetres. Then it went on to say the weight of the average Australian woman, and I'm the same weight. No statistics coming from me on that one. And then it talked about an average Australian woman is married and has 1.82 children. And at the time, I had about a one and I definitely had a 0.82. I mean, hilarious. I was so intrigued that I am the average Australian woman. I was so, at the moment, thinking, wow, this is incredible. I called my husband in who was watching sport. Never mess with a man watching sport. It's a lesson I've learned. I said, come in here. He goes, what? what is it? What's so important? I said, I'm the average Australian woman. He goes, and? Oh, okay, that's it. He goes, that's not important enough to disturb me while I'm watching sport. So here I am reading this, and I'm like, I'm the average Australian woman. And I said it a few times, and then I went, I'm the average Australian woman. I actually got depressed. I got really sad because no one wants to be average. No one has a baby, and as you hold your newborn baby in your arms going, all I want for you, my precious child, is that you would be average. <laughs> that you would never achieve anything. That you'd just be mediocre. Oh, if only you could be mediocre. I don't know. Anyway, you actually preach this message once. And a woman goes, oh, that's what I pray over my children all the time. I feel like, poke you in the eyes, lady. You've missed the whole point. No one does that. You see, we're caught up in a world that celebrates celebrity and fame. And we're constantly craving those things and have elevated those things. Now, this is the thing. While I'm feeling depressed about being an average Australian woman, I remembered back to this passage of Scripture. You see, they saw an incredible miracle that saw the church go gangbusters. It just exploded that they had to give an account for who they were and who Jesus was. And then it says this very simple line. They looked at them and they realized they were unschooled, no education, ordinary men who'd been with Jesus. And I want to speak over you tonight. Jordan spoke it already, but I feel God's taking us in a direction tonight. He talked about grace to do and live the life God's called you to live. I want to speak to you today about turning your ordinary into extraordinary. We've got to start embracing the ordinary. And do you know what? So many of us disqualify ourselves and go, but I'm just ordinary. No special training. Nothing incredible about me, and yet God wants to work with those people more than we even realize. He took Peter and John, who the crowd went, they're just ordinary. How did this happen? How did a miracle break out? How did 5,000 men, not even including women and children, get saved? How does that happen when they're ordinary? And I love the fact that God takes the simple things confounds the wise with the simplicity of what he wants to do. You see, I want to speak to you today and put something in your hearts because I believe, just like our culture sometimes in Australia, we dismiss the ordinary. We write ourselves off, go, there's nothing I can do for God. And yet God says, if you understand I'm ordinary, 
but I've been with Jesus. Let me tell you, you're on the verge of stepping into the miraculous in your life. And I want to see this church rise up. And you might go very proudly at the end of the day, ordinary, but I know where my source comes from. I know who I am in Christ. And so here I am today. Come on, ordinary people. Come on, let's step into the very extraordinary that God has got for us. Let's not wait. I really feel some people are sitting back and waiting one day when I feel like I've got it together, when I feel like I know what I'm doing, when I feel more holy, when I feel more righteous. But who knows, in Christ, we are righteous. We have right standing with Him. And so it's time, guys, guys and girls, it's time to go in my average, my mediocre, in my everyday, going through the motions and maintaining life, God wants to do something extraordinary. Got to get an expectation for that today. Peter and John, ordinary men, who God used to birth the church. He didn't use the wisest people. He didn't even use the most famous people. You think about Peter. This guy's got issues issues as a pastor and I'm a pastor I know what it's like you'd be kind of thinking not him to start the church he's got issues he says the wrong thing he just doesn't get it sometimes he actually betrayed me you know what I'm not going to use a guy that's going to betray me and yet God in his wisdom not ours actually goes let's use the most ordinary <laughs> the most warped the person who's done the most things wrong. Let's use the person who sometimes doesn't get it right. The person who's fallen away but come back. Why don't we use him to see the birth of the church, to see the miraculous take place? So right now, I'm really proud to say I'm ordinary, but I know God wants to do extraordinary through me. Any ordinary people out there? If you're a celebrity, leave right now because we're just talking to the ordinary people. <laughs> And I really believe this is a word for this church. There's some people holding back, waiting. What are you waiting for? It's now. The word is now. For whatever season you're in, it's now. You can be going through the most challenging season, it's now. Step up to what God wants you to do in your life. I'm going to give you a few keys to living and turning ordinary into extraordinary. Are you ready right now? And then we're going to pray, and then we're going to see what God wants to do. We're going to release the Holy Spirit, and then we're going to have a praise party to go out of this place. What do you reckon? That sounds like church, doesn't it? Come on. First thing, if you want to turn the ordinary into the extraordinary, you've got to realize that prayer is a part of everyday life. It's not just something we do on a Sunday. It's not just something we do when we're desperate. It's not just something we do when we're just trying to be super spiritual. It's just got to be part of your everyday life. Prayer is just communication with God. Getting into that mode, me and God, we talk. Really important. And I love the fact that Peter and John, where were they going? They were on their way to prayer. I love the fact that as this miracle was about to take place, they'd made a priority and they put the importance on prayer. They said, it's going to have a place in our life. They were off to prayer at the regular time. And I want to urge you, let's bring prayer back in. It's not old-fashioned. It's not something of yesteryear. It's something we need to step into more. And it needs to become part of your everyday life. I had a grandma, one of those embarrassing grandmas. She prayed all the time. And she'd do it in really inappropriate moments. 
You know what? I could cope when she prayed in the car, but I could not cope when my friends were in the car. And there's grandma speaking in tongues and praying for car parks and praying for bargains. Oh, grandma, just stop it now. You know, we've actually got not to be weird, but to incorporate prayer. We've actually got to start praying. You know, when I was living at home, um, outside my bedroom uh, door, sorry, mind blank there, it's called a door. (laughs) My mum had lots of scripture kind of things around the house. I don't know if anyone's ever grown up like that, but scripture around the house. This wasn't scripture, but it was this little plaque, I guess, kind of thing. And it just said very simply, prayer changes things. And for 20 years of my life, I'd walk in and go, prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. I don't know how many times I saw it going in and out. Just became part of the day called prayer changes things. And that's all well and good to know that prayer changes things. It's all well and good to have that as an understanding. But do you know when prayer changes things? When you actually start praying. When you come to a point and say, God, I've exhausted all my own possibilities. I'm going to go to prayer. God, I'm going to make this part of my life. I'm going to ask you to come in and do life with me. So, so important. I remember my early days of marriage when we were a little bit tight. I like to say not broke, but tight. I'm just going to make it not as a statement of doom, but it was just a tight season. And I remember coming to my husband one day, I said, Paul, I'm a girl. I need clothes. Let me buy something, please. All the women would say, yeah. And he goes, there's no money. I went, what do you mean there's no money? I need some clothes, literally. And he said this thing that really made me angry. See, the fist came when I said that? Oh, subconscious things going on there. And he said, why don't you go and pray about it? They went, why don't I poke you in the eyes? I mean, honestly. Oh, so super spiritual. He just wanted to get off the hook. He didn't want to have to deal with that. And, you know, a few weeks went by. I'm not praying about that. I'm not praying I need clothes. How ridiculous. He should do it for me. He should get me some money and buy me some stuff. And after two weeks, he didn't deliver my husband, so I thought, I better go to prayer. And I went to prayer. And I said, God, I know in the big scheme of things, this isn't that important. But you know my needs. You also know my desires. And, Lord, we've got no money. We've got nothing to spend as an extra could you provide? And I left it at that. I said, thank you, Lord. You're my good father. You're my good father. You know my needs. A week later, I went to our youth ministry on a Saturday night. And there's a girl there, and she always had lots of money. She was single. Didn't understand the married life. Single, disposable income. What is that? I've forgotten what that's like. And there she was. And she goes, oh, Joe, look at this shirt. I went shopping yesterday. I bought so many clothes. I went, yay, for you. And you know when you're trying to do the happy face on the outside, but you're just so on the inside? Have you ever done that before? Come on, be honest. I'm preaching it. This is out there now. And here I am. I'm like, oh, great. She goes, oh, and I went and bought this designer shirt. It cost me so much money. It is beautiful. I'm like, yay, yay. And in the end, she goes, but this is the thing. I was going to wear it tonight, and I felt just God say, Give it to Joe. And I went, you are such a woman of God. (laughs) I've never met anyone who hears from God like you. You know this incredible thing? I remember wearing that shirt, cost lots of money, going, this costs lots of money. 
You see, there's something when you go to prayer. I really believe the Father wants to unlock things. And you're trying to do things your own strength and your own ability. It's time to go to prayer every day. Make it part of your life. Make it a cry. Make it just a call out to God. But if we want to start turning ordinary, mundane, boring into the extraordinary of life, I dare you to pray. Bring it to God and see what he wants to do. Second thing is this. Not only do you need to pray, you've got to recognize divine appointments. You've got to recognize maybe God is in this. Is this an opportunity? I think, did we, someone said about an opportunity. We've got to recognize there's an opportunity. This is the thing, Peter and John, on their way to pray, they see a beggar. And that day, they don't just see him as a beggar, they see it as an opportunity for God to move. You see, beggars were part of the culture. They were there all the time, brought to the temple gates. But this day, their eyes were open to actually see, maybe this person has a need that I can step in and see God's reality to come into. Do you know there are opportunities all around you? Do you actually know God is asking us to be the bridge that brings God into people's circumstances? But the problem is, this is us. Oh, I've got so much on. I've got so much on. I've got to go pray. I've got to pray. Oh, my gosh. I've got to pray again. And, you know, we're living life so closed off. We actually need to open up our eyes because extraordinary comes when you're looking around for the divine appointments. God, is that a beggar who needs a touch from God? Is that a person who needs me to pray? pray for healing? Is that someone I can be generous to right now? We've got to have eyes open. For too long, the church has been, oh, it's me. Just touch me. Touch me. Do you know the greatest miracles here are not going to take place in this building? They're going to take place as you go to your workplace, as you go to your school, as you go back to your family. See, when we come together on Sunday, yes, we want to see souls saved. We want to see the power of God. But we want to come and celebrate what God has done during the week and go, thank you for that. Thank you for that. That's what we're called to do. And we need to recognize divine appointments. This, this is amazing. We look at them as beggars, inconveniences, things that are annoying in our life. And yet God, in this instant, turned a beggar into church revival. What are you despising and go, that's just an inconvenience. That person is just really annoying. And yet it could be the catalyst, the key to unlock revival. If you only understood God's asking us to look for divine appointments. So, so important. You know, I went to get an x-ray a few years ago. I had some problems with my back and... I had one of those days, the doctor had sent me for an x-ray and I just had a bad day. You know when you wake up and you know it's just a bad day. You're just feral from right from the start. The kids were feral. I was feral. My husband was feral. It was just not a good day. And I pushed the kids out of the car at school and I'm moaning and groaning. And you know sometimes when it feels like life has got a conspiracy against you, traffic is against you. You can't find a car park and you're just getting angrier and angrier and you're just not in a good place. That was me this day. So I'm getting this x-ray and then I opened the door to the waiting room and I went, oh no, there's so many people here. And then I was just really miserable. So I sat there for an hour and waited. 
I get called in eventually and you know how they put you in those little gowns that are really non-attractive and I'm standing there and this man who was doing my radiographer, he was so grumpy, he was so miserable. He's like, stand over there, yeah, stand up straight. I went, I am standing up straight. He goes, stand up straighter. I said, I'm here with a back problem, that's why I'm here. And so, you know, he was grumpy, I was grumpy and we're just having a really bad kind of morning. And then he goes, what do you do for a living? And I thought, I'm not going to tell him. He doesn't need to know. How rude. I don't want to talk to this man. And then he goes, now, what are you doing for a living? I went, oh, I'm a pastor with all the attitude you can imagine. Not really a good endorsement for my career choice. <laughs> I'm a pastor. And he goes, what church? And I went, oh, seriously? You would never have heard of us. It doesn't even matter. This is me, senior pastor of a church. And he goes, no, seriously, what church? I went, seriously? What does it matter? Just take the x-ray. This is transparency moment, all right? And he goes, no, I want to know what church you're from. And then he begins to, oh, look, I'm from this church. He goes, oh, yeah, I've heard of that church. I went, oh, great. Now I'm not going to tell him I'm the senior pastor of that church. Just another, I could say I'm the youth pastor. No, I'm only joking. It's all good. And this man begins to open up. He begins to share his story of how he got hurt, how he got offended. And I find myself in my x-ray outfit, counselling a man and speaking Jesus into his life. Crazy. And I had a moment there where I felt the angels in heaven laughing at me at the top of their voices going, divine appointment. I was able to get a book and give it to him and never heard from him again. But I had a moment where I recognized there are divine appointments all around us. Lift up your eyes, church. Lift up your eyes. You're so consumed. We're so consumed with who we are and what we're doing. The bad day we're going through. We're missing the beggar that could unlock something in their life that sees revival. Real quickly, I need to move along. You want to see your ordinary turned into extraordinary. You've also got to have some expectation that God can move. I think it's so sad when we don't live with expectation. We've actually got to have a sense that my God can do anything. Just because I don't feel I can do anything, God can. I love the fact Peter and John, when they said, well, silver and gold, we haven't got any of that. But what we have, we're going to give you. I love that. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. What a powerful thing. We have to live with the expectation. Not that we are powerful, but our God is powerful. That he knows what he's doing. That he has a plan. That he has a purpose. That he's alive. His power is at work still in our world today. I want to stir you. Have expectation. Have expectation for your lives. But have expectation for others. It's so important. It's not an expectation in an event. We're so good at having an expectation in an event or in a person. I'm talking about something else. Have an expectation in God, in the possibility of who he is. And if you don't know what he can do, get into the Gospels and start reading all the incredible things Jesus did and let your expectation rise to that and go, nothing less than that is what I want to see in my life. You know, funny story, my son a few years ago, he wanted a PlayStation, as all good boys probably do want at some point in their life. And this is the funny thing. He'd come home. This is very clever. He came home and go, hey, mum, have you heard about the PlayStation? It's really amazing. I went, 
He said, sweetie, go and read a book. Oh, okay, mum. And then he'd come back the next week. Mum, really, this PlayStation, the graphics on it is amazing. I went, that's awesome, sweetie, but you're not getting one. He goes, oh, no, no, I would never dream to ask for one. I just wanted you to know how amazing the PlayStation actually is. Great. Know it now. Don't need to know anymore. Come back the next week. Mum, do you know my friend Liam? Yeah, I know Liam. Well, Liam's got a PlayStation. Has he, sweetie? That's incredible. Liam must be so happy. He goes, Liam says it has changed his life. (laughs) Great. That's really awesome for Liam. You're not getting one. He goes, no, I know I'm not getting one, Mum. But I just wanted to tell you that Liam's got one. It's really awesome. The next week, I literally have on my bench a catalogue with a big circle around it. Said, uh, did anyone leave this for me? He goes, Mum, is it incredible? The PlayStation is now on sale. Isn't that extraordinary? I said, it is, but you're not getting one. He goes, oh, no, 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 it's great. This was in the lead up to Christmas a few years ago. And it went on and on. He'd see the ad on TV. He goes, Mum, see, there's the ad. Look at it. Look what it can do. And you're like, yeah, that's great. You're not getting one. And this went on and on. And you should have seen this kid, Christmas Eve, he woke up. He goes, Mum, I am so excited about Christmas tomorrow. I am pumped. I know it's going to be the best Christmas ever. And we look at each other, my husband and I, and I looked at him and said, get in the car and go and get a PlayStation right now. But who knows on Christmas Eve? There's no specials left on Christmas Eve. Who knows? You don't go to one store. You don't go to two stores. You go to about five stores. And then you go, it's double in price. Sure, I'll take the one that's double in price. Thank you very much. You should have seen my son Christmas Day. He's opening all his presents. And I was a little bit mean. I didn't bring it out. I didn't put it under the tree. Just to mess with his head. He'll need counselling later, but it's okay. And you could see him, this is an incredible thing. Not once did he waver in his expectation. And at the end, when all the presents were gone, he's smiling at me. I went, yes, there's one more. He goes, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And he opened it. He goes, I knew you were going to get me a PlayStation. I knew it, Mum. You're such a good mum. You're such a good dad. Never had the heart to tell that child. In the midnight hour, he got a PlayStation. <laughs> But there is power in expectation. When you have an expectation, God moves. When you actually pray for someone and you step beyond your own insecurity and your own fear and go, you know, you've got a pain in your knee, I'll just pray. And it's not an expectation in you because you feel so worthless, but I, I just know God. I know his heart. I know he loves people. I know he's a healer. Lord, just heal him in Jesus' name. You know, and it goes on to say, you know, another thing, and we've got to move real quickly, but uh, we've also got to take some steps of faith. It's no point knowing all this if we're not going to actually take a step of faith. I love the fact Peter and John didn't go, you know what, God can heal you. God's amazing. He's awesome. And then just keep walking. They didn't do that. They actually extended a hand. 
out. And the power of God flowed through that hand and a man was raised up. What an incredible thought. Worship team, why don't you come right now? We've got to keep taking steps of faith. Keep stepping out in the faith zone. I love it. It's a bit of the danger zone. Well, you don't know what's going to happen. But if you want to see ordinary become extraordinary, start stepping out in faith. You know, I was sharing last night, I think it was with the girls, that obviously my dad came to this school years ago and lived in Wellington for about a year with his five siblings, uh, boys and girls. And uh, my grandfather was a traveling evangelist preaching around and he was actually in Australia at the time. And my nana... Uh, she didn't know it at the time, but she had an ectopic pregnancy. My dad got up one day and found my nana passed out unconscious, hemorrhaging in the bathtub. My grandfather was in Australia and um, couldn't contact him. It was definitely not the era of mobile phones and Skype and FaceTime. So my dad rang an ambulance and uh, they rushed over, picked up my nana, took her to hospital. Then he rang the pastor of the local church and said, this is what's happened pastor organized places for all these kids to go six children one of them was a baby and as they were all scattered around this pastor something just rose up within him is this it is this the end for this woman and he went to the hospital and this woman who was uh, dead at the time she was actually declared deceased being like that for 40 45 minutes this pastor walked in and said, well, what can we do? What can we do? Six children. One of them's a baby. He actually made a decision that day to be ordinary, but to step out into extraordinary. And he laid his hand on my nana's body in that hospital, having been declared dead. And he said, I curse you, spirit of death. And I declare, rise up in Jesus' name. And my nana opened up her eyes. And she looked at him and goes, hi, what are you doing here? Crazy story. Rose from the dead. And I'm indebted to a man who probably didn't feel like he had anything on him at that time. Who's probably trying to work out what do we do in a crisis like this. But a man who's going, you know what, I've got nothing left to lose. I'm going to take a step of faith. And not faith in my ability, but an expectation that God can move. And I'm so glad. My nana, she was only in her 30s at point. She lived into her 70s and recently passed away. You see, we need to be people who step out in faith. God wants to flow through us. That's what grace is for. Not so we can go and live a fantastic life and go, look at me. Grace is so we can go, look at him. Because what he's done in me. What an incredible thought. And it's time for the church to rise up and go, I'm so ordinary, so ordinary. But I'm stepping into the extraordinary with God. Last one is this. If you want to turn ordinary into extraordinary, you've just got to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. It's where our strength comes from. That's where our wisdom comes from. That's where He wants to lead and to guide. You need to wake up every day. You know, Benny Hinn, he's a bit of a strange dude, let's be honest, but Benny Hinn said something very powerful and he moves in God. And he wrote a book called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And all he was really acknowledging was, I need you, Holy Spirit, right from the start of my day. 
I need to be filled to overflowing. I don't want to live empty. You see, ordinary people who feel live filled with the Holy Spirit will always do extraordinary things. We've got to step into that. And it's just so simple. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me. I need you. I need the wisdom to speak to people today. I love that he gives the words to say. I need the strength to represent you in my high school or university. Oh, I need your leading. Show me what the next step is. We just need people going, fill me, Holy Spirit. And I just want to speak over this church. You sometimes may think I'm just ordinary, but it's time to turn the ordinary into extraordinary. Your season is now. It's now. Why don't you stand in this place? Peter and John. Ordinary men. Who they recognised had been with Jesus. Don't you want that to be your testimony? You know what? That person's not even special. That person's not even got any gifts. But there's something about them. Don't disqualify yourself. There's some people here you've been disqualifying yourself. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. But God says, great. Let me fill you with my spirit and let me use you and release you into the potential that I have for you. Amen. Just raise your hands for just a moment. Holy Spirit, come right now. Come and do your work right now. Pray, seal it in people's hearts that they would know that they're called to be extraordinary in you right now. We thank you, Jesus. If that's you tonight, you say, it's time for me to step in and live an extraordinary life. We're just going to worship for a moment. I want you to come forward right now as a statement. I may be ordinary, but I'm stepping into the very purpose that God has got me. Come now. Come on. God's stirring people's hearts right now. Step out, we're going to step in. generation. Because you've actually got to believe that God can use you. Sometimes you go, God, who am I? 
God says there's a voice, but it's not your voice. It's God's voice flowing through you. And you've got to start speaking of who God is. He wants to give you a fresh revelation so you can speak to others. Go, my God is this. My God is awesome. My God is faithful. And you can know Him too. So God wants to release a voice in you right now. It's no longer holding back. Stepping forward. This is you sometimes, I'll just hold back. No, step forward and step into what God's got for you. Raise your hands right now. Lord, I declare right now, release the Spirit of God upon Him right now in Jesus' name. Mark Him. Never the same again. Right now in the name of Jesus. A voice to speak, a voice to declare, a voice rising up. Oh, it's going to be like fire in your bones. It won't be shut up. So right now, step in, step out. Boldness and courage come upon Him right now. Fear, go away in Jesus' Name. We declare intimidation, be gone in Jesus' Name. No longer cowering back, but pushing forward into the very things that God has got for you. We thank you in Jesus' Name. Get down the front right now, raise your hands to heaven. God, I pray you'd release the extraordinary. The extraordinary. Oh, I pray, God, let them not discount themselves. But let them step into the fullness that you have for them right now. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Fill them with power from on high. Lord God, let them see the divine appointments that are all around them today, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we declare it. Amen. God's going to use you. So I want to encourage every person down the front right now. When you wake up in the morning, fill me, Holy Spirit. Use me, Holy Spirit. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Use me, Holy Spirit. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Use me, Holy Spirit. Powerful. Okay, two more things. This might be a bit awkward, but I don't care. I want to pray for all the men. Line at the front. We've had an incredible time at Equip Her, but God wants to release something on the men right now. He wants you to step into something. And I want you to step in with expectation right now. Come on, down the front. Hands raised to heaven. This is your moment to receive something of God in this place. God is calling the men of Equippers Wellington. Not just to be the lads, not just to be the blokes, but to be the warrior men, the extraordinary men with a call with a purpose right now, with a destiny over their lives. And right now we pull that out in the name of Jesus. I declare extraordinary, extraordinary, extraordinary. No longer mediocre, no longer average. But God are uprising upon them right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare it. Birth something new, a boldness and a courage right now. Boldness and a courage. There's more, there's more. Release your power right now in Jesus' name. He's calling you to be the very representation of what He wants men to be. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. I declare boldness and courage right now in the name of Jesus. I declare leadership 
right now in the name of Jesus. Leadership is going to rise up. You are set apart with a plan and a purpose right now. We declare it in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed. You can just stay here, guys. That's totally fine. If you're here tonight, and I've been talking about turning your ordinary into extraordinary, there's one amazing step you need to step into if you want to see that in your life. You need to give your life to Jesus. You need to say, I'm not going to do it by myself. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And you may have done this before. You may have never done this before. But tonight, I want to give you an opportunity. Say, God, my life is yours. I give it to you tonight. And if that's you, say, would you pray for me? Right where you're sitting or standing right now, would you just give me a wave so I know who I'm praying for in this place today? Just give me a wave so I can say, thank you, anyone else? So I look across this place. Fantastic church. Can we pray this prayer together? And I want you to mean it in your heart today. Mean it in your heart. God's going to do something. Ready? Dear Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and my Saviour. Thank you for dying on a cross for me. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sins. And thank you for giving me a plan. Come into my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Why don't we give praise to God right now? Awesome. Awesome. I'm going to hand over to Pastor Jordan in just a moment. But why don't we all raise our hands? I want to release divine appointments on you this week. I'm telling you tomorrow. Let's not wait. Let's go for it tomorrow. On the bus, wherever you may be, have eyes to see. Lord, give them eyes to see. They may look like beggars. They may look like inconveniences. But God, give us eyes to see how we can speak you into people's circumstances. I pray release right now, Lord God. I pray divine appointments that every person would take church with them tomorrow. That they would step into the mission field tomorrow on Monday, Lord God. And bring light, bring hope in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, let's praise Him. He's worthy.